Uh, if you would, open your Bibles if you have a Bible or turn on your phone or your iPad or however you do it these days. Um, and we're going to look at the Gospel of John. We're going to talk about the Incarnate Word. The Incarnate Word. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, it reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from John, excuse me, sent from God, whose name was John, and this man came for a witness to bear witness to the light, that all through him might believe. He, meaning John, was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word, this eternal Word that was in the beginning, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He, of whom I said that He is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness we have all received, even grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses... But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, or the only begotten God, depending on your version, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Three things quickly tonight. First is who this word was. Secondly, why he came. And then thirdly, uh, what our response ought to be. First, who was this word? We're told in verse 1 that this word, uh, in the Greek, lagos, was the one who was with God in the very beginning. And as a matter of fact, this word was God. And as I pointed out to you before when we looked at this text, is that the word was equal with God. And so he was not a lesser God, a lesser deity, but he was fully and truly God, but somehow distinct from God. So are there two gods or three gods or four gods? That would be what? Polytheism, right? No, what the Bible teaches is is that there is one God, and this this one God subsists, or his 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 substance is such that he there are three persons in the one God. And of course, you, you don't understand this because no one can understand it. Because God is incomprehensible. He is beyond reason to grasp. Um, if God were easy to understand, then he wouldn't be God. I haven't even figured out my wife yet. <laughs> and we've been married 30 years. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, we don't understand many things we think we understand. And we certainly don't understand God in the, in the depth of his being. So... 
Here we have this person called the Lagos or the Word who is with God. In the Greek word there, pros means facing God. He's looking at God, implying that there's a relationship here between God and the Word, but the Word is also God. And as we learn later in Scripture, we find out not only is, is the Word God, but there's another person in this Godhead called the Spirit. And he also is God. And the Bible teaches that God has a triune nature. And the more you study the Bible, the more you realize that the, the, the wonderful plan of salvation, which I'll mention to you in a moment, is only conceivable and possible if God is truly three persons in one. Because you see, God couldn't die for us if God, if Jesus was God and there was only one God, then God would die. Well, if God died, the universe would explode. Or should I say implode? It would cease to be. Because God holds all things in his hand. Right? He is the power that literally energizes the entire universe. So we have this word who is God, fully deity. And just to emphasize the point, John tells us this word was the one who was also the creator. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In other words, everything that's in existence was brought into being by the Lagos. This emphasizes his deity, but it also emphasizes something else that John's getting at here. And it's what, he, what he's getting at in verse 3, and that is this, is that, in verse 4, excuse me, is that in him was life. In other words, this word was the creator, thus the source of life. This word has life in himself. Now, I have life. You have life. Now, some of you look like, I'm not sure if you have life right now because you're really tired and it's late at night. We all drank a bunch of caffeine before we got here just to be awake. I just drank two sodas real fast, so I'm ready to go. Okay. So, in him, to say he, in him is life, what John's really getting at is that this word, he, he is self-existent. Now, I exist. You exist. But our existence is dependent upon God, right? We're dependent beings. This word was not a dependent being because the fountain of life was in himself. Why? Because he is the truly God in the full sense of the word. Because only God has independent life. Because God is the source of all life. God is the source of all being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. <clears throat> now, John goes on to tell us that men are really in darkness, because he says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Men, men is, is the generic men, right? Humanity, humankind. And I know today if you use the word man or men, some people get offended, like you're a sexist or something. I'm just using the grammar the way it's been used for hundreds of years in English. Mankind, humankind. Womenkind. Childrenkind. It's awkward, you know what I mean? The light shines in the darkness. So here, God, this, this word was God, this word was light, this word was life, this word created all things, and yet all of a sudden in verse 5, boom! He entered darkness. He didn't enter light. He entered darkness. 
Why? Because the world that the word entered was a fallen world. And so John, writing here about the word, talking about the word in the beginning, preexistent, eternal word, enters what we call space-time history. But this is a dark history. It is a fallen history. And so John assumes what the Bible refers to as original sin or the fall of mankind. He assumes that men are now living by nature, by their natural birth. He assumes men are living apart from God. Now they have life, but they don't have light, which the light of life. What's the difference? I'll get to that in a moment. They have life because they're living, but not the light of life. So then John tells us a man came, also named John, this is John the Baptist, who came to bear witness of the light. He was the forerunner of the light. He was chosen by God to declare to this generation that the light had now come, that the Messiah had now come. And so John says that he was a voice in the wilderness uh, making, way, making the way straight for the Lord, preparing people's hearts that, they would, that when the light came, they would receive it. When the Messiah came, they might embrace him truly as the Messiah. So that was John's mission, to bear witness to the light. So the Word was God. The Word was eternal. The Word was the creator. The Word was self-existence. And then the Word uh, came. So why did he come? Let's look at this. Verse 9. That was the true light, meaning that the word was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, or the authority, or the power to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of uh, Blood, or the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The word came. The light came into darkness that men might have not just natural life, but that men might have the light of life, that men might have eternal life. Eternal life. You see, John says right here that Jesus came, even though he, he made the world and all in it. He, I mean, think about this. Jesus come, the word, who was Jesus that we learned is Jesus. He comes, and he, he enters human history, and he grows up, and he's, he's, he's ministering to people. He's teaching and preaching and, and healing and feeding. And the very people he's talking to, he created I mean, it's a wild thought. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you're playing with dolls and they come alive. Or you draw a picture and it comes alive. The very beings, persons he made, there he is talking to the very people he made. And what was their response? He says they did not receive him. Now, I think John is not just talking about the world Per se, I think when he says he came unto his own, I think here specifically, <clears throat> excuse me, he's talking about his own people, which were the Jewish nation. 
because he was or had been predicted for for centuries <clears throat> excuse me to be the messiah that he would come through the jewish line that he would be the jews messiah but then ultimately the savior of the world so he came to his own people but his own people by and large did not receive him when you read the gospels you see how all the leaders except for a handful rejected Jesus. Now, there were people that believed, but the nation as a whole did not receive him. But some did. Some did. And so John says, but, verse 12, but, even though his people formerly rejected him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. And then he says this, who were born? Who were born? Now, weren't they already born? I mean, if they believed in him and received him, they're already in existence. They're already born. But it sounds like here, people that are born are getting born. They're getting born again. What a weird idea, right? Being born again. So, Go, go to John 3, <clears throat> excuse me, in John chapter 3, he actually talks about being born again um, when he's talking to Nicodemus, who was a Jewish leader. He says in John chapter 3, verse 3, to Nicodemus, truly, truly, or most assuredly, or definitely, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And of course, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, this idea of being born again is like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know about being born again. So there's no novelty to the idea. But you have to realize, Nicodemus is thinking, what are you talking about? What do you mean somebody's going to be born again? That's just weird. And he literally says, he's going to go in his mother's room again? How is that possible? I mean, he's just, he's not seeing in... Uh, what Jesus is getting at, that, um, that as he says here in this text, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. By our natural birth, we're flesh, we're human. We have natural life, and the Bible calls that, that bios, where we get the word biology. But there's another word in the Greek for life, and that's the word zoe. And that's the word that is used for spiritual life or eternal life. So it's it's... It's kind of strange, if you're not familiar with this concept, maybe you're not a Christian here tonight. It, it, it's kind of strange because on the one hand, the Bible says we're alive, but on the other hand, it says we're dead. That's what a zombie is. <laughs> it's like the walking dead. You know what I mean? Sounds like some people I know, actually. <clears throat> But what it means is we have natural life, we have bios, we don't have zoe. We're alive in, in, in terms of the flesh and things human, but we're dead in terms of things spiritual. And so we can live in the world by bios, but we cannot commune with God unless we have zoe. So to be born again means the Holy Spirit of God comes into the heart 
and, and quickens the heart and the soul. And, and the Spirit of God gives the, the, the heart new life, literally. Literally, spiritual life. And that, that life that dwells in, in the heart is then eternal life. Eternal means not only long, but it's, a, it's, not, it's not just quantitative, it's qualitative. It's a certain kind of life. And what the Bible tells us is that this eternal life is the very life of God. That's what John's getting at here in John 1 when he says, he says this. Go back to John 1. <clears throat> he says in verse 4, In him, meaning the word, was life. And the life was the light of men. Jesus didn't come to give people natural life. He already did that when he made them. He wanted to give them a different kind of life, a spiritual life, a, a, a qualitative change, if you will, in their spiritual condition that they now had eternal life dwelling in them. Listen, my friend. You can, you can be a churchgoer your whole life. You could have been taken to church the day you were born. And you could, be, you could be, uh, have one foot in the grave tonight as I speak because you're getting up in years. But if you do not have eternal life in your soul, then the Bible says that you are not a Christian. He said, wait a minute, I've been going to church, I know the Bible, I've gone to Sunday school, I did this, I've been tithing, I was a deacon, maybe I was an elder. Jesus said, you must be born again. Now let me stress this word, must. He didn't say, okay, for you, if you want to be born again, that's cool, you don't have to be if you don't want to be, I'll let you in too. You can come into kingdom through the back door. You can come into the front door. You can come into the side door. There's one door. One door. The door is Jesus. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. The life. No man comes to the Father but through me. To come to Jesus in a true fashion is to come to the fountain of life. And then you receive life, the Zoe life, the eternal life of God, into your heart, and you're born again. You're born anew. Now, I've shared this with you many times. I've had the good fortune of becoming a Christian as an adult. So I had a whole bunch of years to sin. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, some people like to glorify their, their non-Christian days. I'm not glorifying sin, but I sinned a whole lot. Okay. And, and I was immersed in the world. I was a, a, a child of the world. I was a child of my age. I did everything that I wasn't supposed to do. <clears throat> and I was in darkness. And somewhere in my soul, I believe I actually knew I was in darkness. But then when I met Jesus Christ... When I came to the light, I received the life of men. And it was truly going from light to darkness. It was truly going from death to life. 
Now, if you come to Jesus when you're young, it, the, the change might not seem as dramatic because you haven't had all those years to live in sin and to live in darkness and to pile all the guilt and all the shame and all the scars and all the wounds that you, you acquire over all those years. Because when you come to Christ and, 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 and after that, you know you're born again. Because the change is so dramatic. You feel the weight of the guilt of sin lifted off of you. You feel the scales fall from your eyes. You can now see what you could not see before. You, you, you under, you, you, you're, you're amazed how the thing that the sin that you loved now repulses you. The thing that you before hated now attracts you. You're a new creature because you're born again. Jesus said we must be born again. There there are not two kinds of Christians. The born again ones and the non-born again ones. Let me say this, friend. Our churches in America are filled with Christians who are not Christians. They are filled with people who have a certain degree of intellectual assent to certain things about Jesus or certain things about God that are revealed in the Bible, but they are not born of God's Spirit. You say, well, how do we know this? Because you look at the life and you'll see. I challenge you to read any of the studies that are done on the church in America. And you will see the church in America is full of heresy. The church in America is full of immorality. The church in America is full of pornography. It's full of adultery. And I could go down the list. That is not the fruit of the Spirit. The flesh is the flesh, and that's what the flesh produces. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. When a person is born of God's Spirit, the fruit is there to see. Because the transformation is real. The Word came that those who are in darkness, which is all of us, whether we're raised in a church or raised in a mosque or raised in a temple, that all of us would have the light. But what does the text say we must do? We must receive him and we must believe on his name. The name Jesus literally means Savior or God saves or God or Yahweh is salvation. And the name implies that this person, this Messiah is God, but is also the Savior. One of the the greatest, and I'll close with one of the greatest confusions ever, ever, uh, embraced by the, the professing church is that we have to work to be saved. 
What, is, what does John tell us? That those who believe in his name, verse 12, they were born, what? Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. In other words, there is nothing human that we do to be born again. We receive him. Faith is a reception of a gift. It is not buying the gift. It is not wrapping the gift. It is a a receiving of what God is offering. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to get a few gifts tomorrow. And guess what? I'm going to receive them. (laughs) And I'm going to enjoy them. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't even know if I can sleep tonight. The greatest gift that God has ever given to mankind is the person of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that if you believe in him, you would not perish, but have eternal life. So maybe, maybe you, you're here tonight, you haven't been to church in years. Maybe you go to church every week. <clears throat> maybe you go to church every day. I don't know. But I know this. You must be born again. That means believing, but it means even more than believing, it means receiving. Believing is assenting. Receiving is embracing. Jesus Christ will do nothing. Let me rephrase it. Jesus Christ will do everything good for you. Everything good for you. I came to Christ 42 years ago. And yes, I've had hard days and hard times. But he's done nothing but good to me. Nothing but good. He wants to change your life and make you brand new. It doesn't matter whether you're 18 or 81. You receive him. Yes, Jesus, you're the Savior. I'm a sinner. Save me. There's not a magic chant you do. It's not the words. It's the disposition of your heart. Do you know? Do you need, do you know that you've sinned? Do you know you need a savior? If you know that, then you then apply to Jesus. Jesus, be my savior. Give me eternal life, and He will. Let's stand and pray. <clears throat> Dear Lord, Jesus, the Word, the Creator, the Fountain of Life, we thank you that you came. We thank you that you'd enter darkness that we might receive life. We thank you that you experienced death that we might experience life, eternal life. I pray, Lord, for any here that walked in in darkness, I ask that they will leave in light. Lord, it's so simple. As simple as as lighting these candles, it's that simple. If they will just simply receive the gift that you are offering them. They will simply call upon you, Jesus, save me, be my Savior. You'll grant them eternal life. 
as we celebrate your birth, Lord, make us ever, ever joyful and appreciative of this great gift of eternal life. And we pray in your name. Amen.